So we're glad that all of you are here. Thank you for being in God's house. I know that we are starting in our summer. And we're going to be taking vacations, but I'm glad God doesn't take a vacation. Amen. Nothing wrong with us taking vacations. I'm going to take one too, the Lord being my helper, but I'm just glad God doesn't. I'm glad that He's our ever-present help in, in our time of struggle. Can I get a witness? Amen. May the Lord bless you. You can be seated. I want to introduce our guest tonight, but before I introduce our guest, I want to say it's so good to see Lynn. Lynn, it's so good to see you, girl. We're so excited. It's so excited. So we baptized Lynn in Jesus' name, and I tell you what, Carl could barely contain himself. He was so happy, and I can tell he is still on cloud nine, which that's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. It's the way it ought to be. So we're thankful for that. I want to introduce our guests tonight. This is Brother and Sister Smith and their son Ethan. They pastor in Kennard, Texas. Now let me tell you what is so crazy about this. When I was in the third grade, I got bused to Kennard, Texas, and I literally went in the third grade to a one-room schoolhouse in Kennard. And now, Brother and Sister Smith, pastor there, and my sister and my brother-in-law and her girls go to their church in Kennard, Texas, which is just amazing. So Brother Smith and his wife, I believe, if I've got the story straight, because we've known each other for a while, but we're just getting to know each other better. So Sister Smith is from like the Rose Pine to Ritter area. And then Brother Smith is from the Kinder area. And their family go, go away back to, I think it was Sister Ewing's father, Brother Clark, pastored that church back in the day. And then his, his father pastored a church in Harlingen, Texas. Then he pastored in Lano, Texas, which is so crazy because my daddy grew up in Lano, Texas. And then from there, they pastored in Winsboro, if I... Winfield, Texas, and so they have deep Louisiana roots. Why they are in town is because, if I'm not mistaken, their daughter, her mother-in-law, passed away suddenly, died of a heart attack at 52. And this is, maybe some of you may know Cliff and Paula Lejeune, they pastor in Jennings, well, this was Paula's sister. I know it's kind of a web, and you may not get all that. But they were in town for a funeral. And being Sherry and Bubba's pastor, I just wanted to get to know them better. And I wanted them to come and just be with us tonight. And it just worked out where they could. So they have the biggest building in Kennard, and they have the biggest church in Kennard. And when they got there 10 years ago, they were running 42. And now they probably have 200 people, 250 people on a Sunday in Kennard, Texas. Which when I was in Kennard, there were how many people are there now in Kennard? About 300. Yeah, when I was in Kennard from the first grade to 12th grade, everything was 300 people. So not much has changed. And to be running 200, 250 people in a town of 300, it says something about their leadership because everything rises and falls on leadership. So they're incredible leaders because if they were not incredible leaders, God wouldn't be doing what he's doing because remember, God will do his part, right? But we must do our part. Without him, we can't. And without us, he wants. So it takes both of us. So I just want to introduce you to an incredible pastor and his wife and Ethan, their son. We're delighted to have them. And you are just a phenomenal group of people. And I know I don't have to tell you this, but I'm just going to remind you, please don't stare at this man of God like a mule looking at a new gate. He is your brother and sister in Christ. It's an honor to have them, and I want you to give them a warm welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Brother and Sister Smith. 
for being with us. A couple of announcements that I want to tell you. There's a parent meeting. There is a mandatory parent and child meeting for all children that will be going to kids camp June the 6th through the 10th. Please meet with Sister Neeland in the youth room immediately following this Sunday morning service. And when we say youth room, we're talking about upstairs, okay? Because we need to go over protocols and make sure all of our kids understand what time to show up, what they need, all of that good stuff. So, again, you're no uh, novice to that. We do this every year. So if you will help us in that, we would appreciate it. As our ushers are coming, we're going to serve you for our weekly tithe and offerings as always, thank you for every dollar you invest in the kingdom of God. We do have some prayer requests, and that is Rowdy Griffith. Rowdy, if you will remember, uh, I know they're fairly new, but Rowdy had a four-wheeler accident, hurt his eye and his head, but they did a lot of tests, and the good news is he's okay. So we thank God for that. Praise God. But if you're watching the Griffin family, we want you to know we're lifting you guys up in prayer. Uh, Gardon Clark, Kate Royer, Keisha Mitchell, and Joe and Marlena uh, Rubush, if you will remember them in prayer, I know they would appreciate it. One last announcement, and that is our Father's Day service is coming up. And we want to celebrate our fathers as well as our mothers. We appreciate all of you men. We've got some great gifts to give, and we're just going to have a great Sunday on Father's Day. And everybody say amen. amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your people, for this place, this space, this time, this service. We thank you, God, that we can meet and be together and be in your presence. And Lord, I just pray for the man of God tonight, this precious couple, that they would speak, Lord, into the heart of this church and Lord plant a seed that will bear forth much fruit in due season and God we thank you for every dollar for every gift for every giver use it for the furtherance of the kingdom of God in Jesus mighty name and everybody say amen, amen. God bless you thank you if you're a young person you can dismiss and go on up to you thank you for worshiping with us i pray you'll have a good service god bless you if you can use anything lord you can use me if you can use anything lord you can use me take my hands lord take my feet touch my heart lord speak to me you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Use me, Lord. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands and my
Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. It is so very nice and such a wonderful opportunity for my wife and son and I to be able to be with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So I greet you in the mighty, powerful, beautiful, soul-saving, absolute, unchanging, undeniable, incomprehensible name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May God richly bless you all. Thank you for allowing us to be here. I want to give honor. I know you're standing. You can be seated. Thank you for standing in honor. I want to give special honor to your pastor and his beautiful family. And you already heard a little bit of of the web. It's not Charlotte. <laughs> and, uh, but it is so, so great. Um, as he has said, we've known one another for, for quite some time and through mutual friends and acquaintances and see, seeing each other through the years on special occasions here and there and I remember a couple of three years ago, maybe four now, Pastor, you might know, remember it a little better perhaps, but he and I both uh, found ourselves at a particular a particular gathering and um, greeted him. And, and I knew that after the pleasantries, he, I, I, I recognized that he was looking at me a little strange. And occasionally he would glance over and look at me. And the Lord was speaking to him, and in that day, he he was led of the Spirit of the Lord and encouraged my soul that no one even was aware of the things that I was praying about and dealing with. So, Pastor, thank you so much. That's the kind of men of God that you guys are privileged to serve the kingdom with. Come on, that's right. Amen. Amen. And as he said, we're Daph and I, Daphne, I, it's Daph, I, that's what it is, she is to me, but Daph and I are privileged to serve uh, his sister and brother-in-law and their two girls and serve as pastor and alongside of them. And it's what a, what a wonderful thing. We are richly blessed. Now, it's 724 and you guys have blessed me already that, thank you, I'm going home. <laughs> no, no, I've been blessed. It's been a joy. So um, you're going to get the lesser end of that blessing because you've got to deal with me for the next 36 minutes. But, um, but I'll do my best to share with you what I feel like after Pastor asked me. I felt like the Lord just, just brought back to my memory. Is that okay? Are you ready? Okay, we're going to go to one verse of Scripture tonight. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 32. <clears throat> I'm going to read verse 24. Not real sure how the presentation would go as Brother Tinney used to say to us all the time that he, he, he settles somewhere in, in the treaching spot. That's, the, that's a little bit between preaching and teaching. And so, uh, so that might be where we are. But Genesis chapter 32 and verse 24, we'll get right into the word of the Lord. And someone say, Amen. Amen. The Bible reads, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Until the breaking of the day. My thought for tonight, uh, if you were to put a title to it, it would be just this. Finding your Israel inside of your Jacob. Let me say it one more time. Finding your Israel inside of your Jacob. And if I can recount the story of Jacob. The story of Jacob in the Old Testament is quite interesting. He, he was the second born of Isaac, one of the three patriarchs of the Bible. The Bible says of Jacob that he was born with his hand, someone say his hand, his hand. clutching the heel of his older brother Esau. This, as we peer in into the Holy Writ, gives us our first glimpse, if you will, into the Deceptive personality of Jacob. Born second, but with a first mindset. Jacob was born with a desire, a purpose. And even at birth, this, this desire, this purpose was, was revealing itself. 
Perhaps maybe because of this aggressive behavior as a newborn, could it be in that the reason his father named him Jacob? Because we understand that the, his name in Hebrew is defined as deceptive and schemer or deceiver. And, and to that point, we see Jacob's life story play out accordingly. One, one has to wonder about the magnitude of the push, if you will, of our destiny. The strange, even bizarre behavior that makes you and I stop at times about and wonder of ourselves. You know that, why did I do that? Right? I have in my own life and, and, and through observation now in 36 years of ministry, through observation as, as human, of human history, I have I've discovered, and please hear this, that, that unprotected passion often leads to poor decisions. Is it okay? We, we, we're just helicoptered here tonight, right? We didn't need much runway. Unprotected passion often leads to poor decisions. Raw passion or purpose flowing with no parameters and no direction pushes men and women to do things that would normally never do. Stay with me. I know it. I feel it. And so it was in the life story of, of our biblical character, Jacob. The Bible says, and let me quickly give you some backdrop history in his life. The Bible says that Jacob was, was, was in all accounts an ordinary man content to dwell in, in tents. Just dwell in tents, idle time, idle thoughts. Knowing, however, that deep inside him there was something pushing Something moving him and, and recognizing that and also equally recognizing that his current occupation wasn't satisfying that need. And as that began to, to dwell in him, Jacob began to plot for the only thing that would advance his desire. And that was the birthright of his father. There's just one hurdle he had to cross. And the birthright belonged to the firstborn and if you recall, that was Esau that came first while Jacob was clutching at his heel. And Jacob's thoughts, yeah, he was born first, but shouldn't have I have been born first? Because there is nothing in Esau's mannerisms or, or nature that even would remotely pastor suggest that he was driven. I mean, where is Esau's desire? Jacob thought, I mean, I mean, he just wants to get up every day and head to the woods. Not a really bad idea now that I'm thinking of it. <laughs> kind of liking Esau, really. <laughs> but Jacob's thinking this. He's like, what is, going, what is Esau going to do with the father's birthright? So as this begins to go in his mind, a plot think, thickens in Jacob's mind as he begins to, to wait for the right opportunity to press his agenda on his brother Esau. And one day his brother found himself hungry and irritated. And, and we know the story. He settled for a bowl of soup from Jacob as full value. Please hear that as full value for his birthright. Now Jacob had had his brother's birthright, but now he suddenly realized that he also needed his father's blessings. So once again, the plot thickens and, and we see Jacob with unbridled, remember the, remember the term a while ago, unprotected, unbridled passion leads us to do things we wouldn't normally do. So once again, it, the plot thickens and, and it pushes him to, to camouflage himself and look like his brother so that he could deceive and ultimately receive his father's blessings. So from that moment forward in his life, Jacob is now on the run, running from his actions, trying to find his purpose, but constantly losing it because of no direction. Notice with me that even in, in, in all of this, in Jacob's moments, God's purpose in him continued. 
We, we, we peer into his story again. And now Jacob is forced to work for his father-in-law, what will be his father-in-law, twice as long to get the hand of Rachel, his first love. But yet through this all, the Bible tells us that everything that Jacob did, his cattle, all of his livestock, God just, just, just blessed it. And, and his possessions were blessed by God, even though he was a manipulator and a schemer. Finding your Israel inside of your Jacob. Jacob really couldn't put words to it, but he knew that deep inside of him was his destiny. It was his purpose. But it was covered up. If you can relate to this, just nod or say amen. Amen. He was covered up by his aggressive behavior. Unbridled passion. His unquenchable desire to conquer. And there were times in his life that just like in mine, I, he probably thought the same things that I have thought before. Why, why couldn't my true identity just come to the surface and all this stuff that, that just leaves me mm, so feeling so disappointed? Why can't that just all go away? And I'm sure that, D- that Jacob thought just like perhaps you or I have thought before. Is this really who I am? Let's look in real quickly again in his story. This time, yet once again. The scene unfolds. Here's Jacob and his wife and all of his possessions. And now he's on the, he's on the run again. His family, not just Jacob now, but his entire family, everything they're running, they're doing it, running from a poor choice that he made many years ago because word got to him that his bigger brother, his older brother wasn't happy with him still. So now he's, he's out. Esau's on the war path and he's decided he's ready to take his revenge out on Jacob. So alone in the dead of a night, Jacob finally comes to grips with who he is. And I pray today in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit, that God would somehow help us tonight. That we would discover our destinies, our Israel, if you will. It was on this dark night that he discovered who he was. You see, many years ago, back when he was deceiving his father to receive the blessing, Jacob camouflaged himself with the skins of animals so that his father, who was old and a poor eyesight, could be tricked into believing that Jacob was Esau. And please hear this. The Lord spoke to me and said, even, even though Jacob quickly discarded the heavy, the hairy skins that he had wrapped himself with to, to, to deceive his father, he said, God said he failed to realize that he never uncovered himself from the false identity of who he thought he was. See, Jacob never stopped believing that he was a deceiver. But it was on this dark night in a wrestling match with an angel of God that he found his identity. Jacob found his Israel. All the years of anguish, pain, not knowing who he was in one moment, pivotal, paramount moment in his life is suddenly defeated in a wrestling match with heaven. How incredible is that? Jacob found his calling inside of his conflict Jacob found his destiny in the deepest darkest moment of his dilemma he found his Israel inside of his Jacob suddenly everything made sense all the pain, the anguish, the, the uncertainty it all came into focus that night when he He, Jacob, became Israel. And now, a new identity. Now, Jacob, now Israel didn't just discover, ladies and gentlemen, salvation for his soul. But watch, he became the conduit through which salvation for all mankind would flow. Did you get that? His destiny, his purpose was not just the discovery of who he was. But, 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 but it was the discovery, the path for all discovery of all mankind. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Because uh, through this revelation, through this, 
this understanding would come the lineage of David. And through that which would come the lineage of the great Messiah. So it was more than just a discovery of who Jacob was. It was the opening of a doorway and a pathway for all mankind to discover your identity as a child of God. Ladies and gentlemen, deeply embedded in our carnality lies our calling. I'm feeling my help here right now. Some of us. Is it okay? Can I just, can I just, just be a, in my cover and in my anointing, my gifting as a pastor for a second? Some of us, maybe some here today, some of us feel like that it's the carnality, the failures, the mistakes and misfortunes that are keeping us from our calling and keeping us from our mission, keeping us from our destinies. And we, and we just can't get past that. I'm trying to tell you, you're going to hopefully discover in just a quick moment or two that God has everything ordered in your life. You're not here tonight. I'm not here tonight just because pastor wanted it or just because it happened. But God in his sovereignty decided long, long ago that there was going to be a moment in your life and a moment in my life when maybe you and I both together, we were trying to contemplate and even try to figure out who we were. In the midst of my conflict, God is wanting me to discover my calling. We allow God to peel off the layers of flesh and self-centered agendas. My hand's up first. What reveals then is our true calling, our true name. We're to be called sons and daughters. Someone, would you say that with me? Sons and daughters of God. Heirs and joint heirs, the apostle said, of Jesus Christ. <laughs> we have been adopted. We've been born again. We are adopted. We say, Abba, Father. We don't call him and look at him as some distant kin. But he's my father. He's my heavenly father. He loved me before I even understood what love meant. He cares for you even before you understood the term of caring. I'm not isolated somewhere on the backside of misfortune. But I understand now that the trials and the temptations, I understand the journey. Ladies and gentlemen, God's had me on one. And it, I won't be honest with you, it's mind-blowing and terrifying and frightening all at the same time. I'm thinking, you know, the carnality I spoke up a while ago. Oh, Lord, I cannot get off my nose. i got to stay focused. You know, the carnal side of me says, after 36 years, God, really? You're going to do this now? You know, and God's got a sense of humor. Yes, I mean, I looked in the mirror and I realized he did. But <clears throat> yes. He could have laughed under your breath. I mean, you know, I'm just having fun. He said, really, 36 years later, God, you're going to suddenly, whew, I'm like. <sighs> he said, yeah, you've been so worried about the time. You've been more focused on the end, day, end game and not near as focused on the journey. Right? God reveals us and we become his. We are purchased by his blood. Redeemed by his blood. We are redeemed from any corruptible things. Hallelujah. Ah, sons and daughters. Some may think that you've been run, running from your past. And if I were to ask a raise a hand, I'm sure I would get several. Mine being the first. Some think... That you've been running from your past, but all along God has been running, has you running toward your future. Jacob thought he was running once again from Esau. <laughs> that just wasn't the case because God had him running to his destiny. I look back on my life and I see the valleys have become and proven to be incredible, incredibly valuable. My past headaches and heartaches were divinely designed by God to get rid of stinking thinking. That's why I had headaches. My heartaches was to get rid of that hard heart. Are you with me? 
the trials that I have gone through have propelled me. And might I even say the mistakes that I have made have motivated, propelled and promoted me to where I am today. I believe I can say with confidence, I am finding my Israel. Inside of the idiosyncrasies and all the little quirky stuff and all the ridiculous things. How many of you are so thankful that every time we come to church, God doesn't put what we're thinking up on the board? Huh? I mean, I am so grateful. You know, I'm just a, I'm a normal pastor. There are sometimes on Sunday. I, I thank you, God. I look out there. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm so stinking fleshly at that. It's not, it's, it, God is awesome. That's all I can tell y'all. Aren't you thankful that he didn't just blow that up on the screen? But he loves us in spite. Because when I, I realize it isn't about you or me, but it's always about him. Then God suddenly, suddenly begins to show me that this part of it, you're going to be all right. It's okay. It's okay. I'm finding Israel inside of my Jacob. Let me hustle and hurry on here. Times God uses his rod of correction on my stubborn flesh. And I was, I, I was raised or whatever you want to think. Maybe it was just self-inflicted, but I thought, well, God's trying to hurt me. And then God said, well, I'm really trying to just get you life. You see, the rod and staff of God is not punishment. It was promotion. And the psalmist David found his Israel too. He found his calling within his conflict. Real quickly, Psalms 23, David said, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk in the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I can't help myself, God, but I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. your rod and your staff you question you, you comfort me let me let, let me ask a question is the rod or staff a good thing well i think it depends if you're a wolf or a sheep the same rod that comforted david was the same that defended him from the angry wolves for everything that god does in our lives it may not feel good but ladies and gentlemen might i say it is good Everything, it is good. It is good because God is good. It isn't a variable. He's good. We have to really get our, our, into our purpose and our destiny. We just keep on discovering your Israel. You have to locate your Israel inside of your Jacob. Be the one God called you to be. Saw some beautiful praise and worship moments ago. Such a synergy and an energy in this place. Such a holy spiritual energy. Just done my heart good. I told you when I got up here, y'all have already blessed me. I'm good. It was awesome. But we all have to go through the shadows. Because every good thing has a dark part. Every day is preceded by night. Listen to James 1, 16 and 18. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Verse 17, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be kind of first fruits of all he created. Amen. I don't have the time to dive in it, but you will notice that there is a contrast in James chapter one. There, and, and James teaches us that everything in life has a contrast or a shifting shadow. And James says, don't be deceived. If it is good, someone say it's good. Then it came from God. 
according to James. If God blesses you through somebody or something, it came from God. You don't need to unpack that gift. You don't need to unwrap it. If it's good, God was involved in it. Here's a question. Which disciple put Jesus to the cross? John, the one he loved, or Judas, the one who betrayed him? Think. What nailed Jesus to the cross? The sins of the world or the love for his love for creation? Understand that the part that feels good is not always the part that is good. Let's dive just a little bit deeper. If it's good and it came from God, then what if it didn't come from God? It's going to be good anyway. Because Romans 8 and 28 tells us all in all things, God works for the good. Man, I hope you got that. That means it's all good, even the bad. It's all good, guys, even the struggle. It's all working for my good. When we call something good, we have to, we have to understand something about God. When God calls something good and when we call it something good. See, God doesn't call something good based on how I feel. You see, God doesn't call something good based on how it matches with my preference. God says, and when God says it's good, he says it when he knows it serves my purpose. I may look at my current conflict and say, this is a catastrophe. God says, it's all good. You got to be kidding me, right? This is not good. Oh, yeah, it's good. God says, it's good. You see, you see the difference? You see, God calls what's good that serves and promotes his purpose and destiny in you and I. It didn't look good to Jacob every time he found himself running. It did not look good when he was laying in the aftermath of yet another devious scheme where he couldn't control himself. But when it has served its purpose, he saw that all of that was a part of the discovery of who he really was. I guess the most pivotal moment for me in this journey was when I truly didn't pay just lip service, but I truly believed in the pit of my being that the only thing that mattered in my life was who God said I was. Because when I understood that it's what, that's the only thing that matters when God, what God calls me, what God says, who God says I am. When I begin to realize how God talks about me, then all of a sudden that perpetual hurdle suddenly disappeared. All of a sudden I, I found strength to, to prevail where I failed before. You with me? So, so here's the purpose of this wrestling match in heaven with heaven. And here it is, ladies and gentlemen, and you're in my life as well, is to put you and I on our path of destiny. I suppose if there was a core statement to this, to this message or thought or whatever you call it, it would simply be this. The touch that follows is often not what you expect. When the angel touched the hollow of his thigh that night in that wrestling match, what come after that wasn't what Jacob expected. It wasn't. The touch of heaven, ladies and gentlemen, was permanent. It was permanent. Why, you ask? Because our destiny in God is the reason that we exist. John said, I must decrease he must increase. 
It took a wilderness for John. It took a midnight wrestling match with heaven for Jacob. But the end result produced a noticeable change. Jacob limped the rest of his life in the flesh, but he sprinted in the spirit. Somebody needs to hear that. And whatever everybody else said, what a tragedy was a constant reminder of a revelation that he was no longer Jacob, but Israel. And when people look at your limp, thinking you are losing, you need to let them know that you're not losing. This is my, this is my revelation. This is who I am. And I may limp on earth, but I'm sprinting in the spirit. I suppose the principle of this message, and I'm closing, would simply maybe be this as food for thought. Either the flesh or the spirit in my life must be sacrificed for the other to flourish. If this is all right, if this is all right, you know, you know, when when it became about what God wanted me to do or not do more than anything else, then it then then it it, it became right. So I just trusted the Lord. Just trust the Lord. And I, I, I just want to wrap up my portion of this of this season together with you. And again, thank you so much for having us. I just want to share this with some of you today. As a matter of fact, maybe you'll do this with me. Would you just maybe just I do this. It helps me focus. Maybe I'm a little bit, you know, ADD or something. But maybe sometimes I close my eyes and it just kind of helps me bring my my focus. So would, if that works for you, would you join me right now? And just maybe close your eyes and say, man, God, I know deeply embedded into me is your, is your DNA. Mm. I know, God, I've been labeled. Somebody please hear me today. I've been labeled. Can I just, can you guys make the metaphor analogy with me? God, the world's called me Jacob. And I've lived up to the name. But you, that's not who you call me. You, you're not calling me what, what my enemies call me. You, you, you don't call me what my challenges call me. No, no, God. <laughs> you call me yours. You call me Israel. Wow. Little did Jacob know, now Israel, that that wrestling match would not just save him, but would pathway salvation. Wow. I pray tonight that in this room, that there would be men and women who would embrace their God-given destiny and would enjoy the journey. Just enjoy the journey. Just enjoy it. Have we obtained? Have we arrived? Well, that's a whole nother thought. But I will tell you, pastor can correct it. And if he says something different, you believe him, call me wrong. But I will agree, as long as I'm journeying with Christ, I think wherever I am right now, in this spot, I may not be what I think is 100%, but I'm right now in this spot, and he's got his hands on me, and he's walking beside me. I just, this is the way I think, I just believe that I'm right. And that enables me to trust God for, for the journey. That makes me better. And I know it's Wednesday night. And thank you so much. It's four minutes till. Maybe, I don't know, but maybe you can remain seated or you can stand whatever you feel comfortable doing. But I wonder if there's anybody that would join me in just saying, hey, God, 
here I am. Here I am. Oh, this is beautiful. God, I know I'm, I know I'm looked on as a Jacob, but God, I know you look at me as Israel. And I know, God, that <laughs> this limp bothers me, but Lord, it's lead me to my purpose. If anybody needs that today, I ask you just to open your heart and mind to the Lord and find your Israel inside of your Jacob. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I give all myself to you. Thank the Lord for that word tonight. Do you receive that word in your spirit? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, brother and sister Smith. Ethan, thank you guys for being here. We, you have blessed us. And we thank you for leaving a blessing. And now we leave a blessing with you. Father, may brother and sister Smith have the most incredible harvest in Kennard, Texas. May they reach the lost, the lonely, the hungry, the hurting, the humble, and the honest. And we pray a blessing upon them, their assembly, and that community in the name of the Lord. May this be a destination church that people will drive an hour just to come to be in the powerful presence of Almighty God. That lives would be changed and that people would find their destiny and the change that would go from a Jacob to an Israel. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, this coming up Sunday is going to be Pentecost Sunday. And we're believing for Pentecost 
happening again this coming up Sunday. Amen. Can I get a witness in this house? Pentecost Sunday. So the Lord being our helper, we're going to believe for a fresh Pentecost to happen here Sunday. I hope you can join us. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Turn around and give some love away. Have a great week. And then I hope we hope to see you back Sunday in Jesus' name. God bless you.